relatively short. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Calvin. That's a very, uh, that's me. Very special moment for me in terms of my uh, public speaking this morning. I've always wanted to say, audience, you're being filmed. <laughs> so I know it's not maybe the other part, but uh, <laughs> this is my forthcoming DVD, which you'll be able to buy. Not really. <laughs> this is just my little blog, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So who am I? Uh, I'm Tony Darling. I run a sales and marketing consultancy called Novo. Uh, the reason I chose the name Novo, which everybody immediately failed to spot, was because it means to make afresh, it means to renew. Um, and because I work in digital transformation, I thought that's quite clever. But when you have to explain it to everybody, it's less clever. <laughs> I'm a member of the GDPR Alliance. I'm a UK Business Awards uh, judge. I'm a fellow of the Institute of Sales Management. And I'm something called a profit first professional. So I'm an accredited profit first professional. Uh, which means I help small businesses with their profitability uh, as well as do the other things that I do. Now, how did I get here? Um, 30 years, more or less, of sales and marketing. Uh, so that's my stocking trade, if you like. Um, and that's obviously evolved over the years from I work in broadcast media and I work in print media. Um, and most recently, it's your digital media, the things that everybody talks about. I click funnels and conversion rates, CPAs and CPTs and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've also been uh, a media MD, so I've run some of the biggest media operations uh, in Wales, actually, you might have heard of. Um, I ran Real Radio Wales, first off, the Guardian Media Group, uh, before it became Heart. Uh, after that, I ran Southfield's Evening Post in Swansea, which included Marvel Journal, the Clacky Star, Swansea Day Magazine, Swansea Business Magazine, so on and so on and so on. Um, and after that, I went to work in London, actually, uh, for an organisation called Team Rock. Um, which is my finest professional uh, running uh, a magazine called Metal because um, as you'll find out, I'm actually a wannabe rock star. The uh, digital transformation has been a theme for me for probably six or seven years. Uh, and by that, I mean, as an MD, I've gone into media companies to do the transformation piece. No, I come at it from a very specific perspective. I come at it from that management, that strategy perspective, if you like. I'm not a tech guy, I'm not a web developer, I'm not an IT person, I'm not a networks person. I'm a people person, I'm a manager, I'm a managing director, and consequently my job has been to see these changes through and into the organization. And that's really what I want to share with you today, is that side of things. So I'm not going to tell you uh, what systems you need to look at or what processes are or most important. We're going to talk a little bit about the people. I got into uh, consultancy completely by accident um, because when I came back from London after commuting for about two years, uh, I wanted to have a rest. Um, the very next day, I was offered uh, a, a job, a freelance role, uh, and since then, I've sort of gone from freelance role to freelance role to freelance role. Um, but most uh, recently, um, <laughs> I found myself um, becoming almost accidentally a business coach. Um, which is bizarre, really, but I suppose understandable to an extent. Because as a managing director, my approach is very much a mentoring and training approach, very much a coaching approach. Um, and this is where I find at the moment I'm attracting people to me for, for that purpose. So I work with GDPR Alliance, my colleague Chris, who uh, works for the GDPR Alliance as well. I work on big projects, big transformation projects. I do some corporate work for people. Um, it might be on a sales strategy or a marketing strategy. Uh, or I do one-to-one -one coaching with people. 
So it's been quite a bizarre couple of years since coming back to London and I'm finding myself uh, where I am. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Alan Rickman, I mean transformation, uh, for a moment. What would you guys regard as digital transformation? How do you capture it? What's your perspective? Can anybody define it in a few sentences? Does anybody want? Everybody's doing that. Because I see digital transformation just as an enabler, it has to be put into the context of the organization strategy, and you have to support it with change management capability in order to get to where you want to go. And I think, I would, does anybody disagree with that fundamentally? Apart from me, which I'm going to? No, okay, so there's very much, and particularly in Wales, I find the big organisations see digital transformation as. So I'm on the board of Careers Wales, and we have a digital transformation programme, and it's exactly that. It's to take the organisation and enable it with technology, enable it with new websites, with mobile devices, and so on and so on. That's not actually what digital transformation is about. Digital transformation, like any form of transformation, is to actually transform your business from one thing into another thing. Now, there's clearly change management going on in organisations that have to move to a technological enablement framework, be that an IT network, be it going mobile, be it bringing in apps or anything else. There's a lot of change that goes on there. But truly transforming a business means changing the business from one thing into another thing. The best example of that I can give you, a company I used to work for called Guardian Media Group, transformed a product called the Auto Trader. Everybody's heard of Auto Trader. It was a magazine. Remember those? Do you remember a magazine? It was entirely magazine-based, entirely print-based, and it transformed into becoming entirely online. It's an online business. Everything changed. Its mechanisms of delivery changed, its production of content changed, the way you make money changed, literally everything changed from being entirely print to being entirely online. So that's quite a good transformation <coughs> process. And the thing with digital, particularly, <coughs> excuse me, to consider, is what, what does digital actually mean? Because a lot of people do consider digital means technology, clearly. But digital companies are companies like Facebook and Google, these are the sorts of companies that we think about. And um, what characterizes those sorts of companies, do you think? Why, are, why is Google different from the last government? It works. I just didn't mean to say it aloud. <laughs> the, main, the, main, the main reason digital companies are different from traditional companies is because they tend to be customer centric. They tend to be entirely based on what the customer wants, not on what their previous frameworks might have required. So working in a print organisation, for instance, print organisations are transforming into technology in order to keep their business model afloat as long as they can, while, while everything declines. Amazon came along and said, people don't need stores. We don't need to keep a ton of stock. We just need to sell people the things that they want when they want it. And that's why they had a million things in stock at any one time. Well, I had none. They had nothing in stock at any one time. When you first went to Amazon, you wanted a book, they got you a book. You didn't get it now, they use fulfillment centers and things just for, for speed and for user experience. But back then, they were entirely focused on what customer wanted. Watch government, having worked in watch government, universities can't be customer focused by definition because they have end users who might be clients, but they have another boss, they have another focus. Welsh government's focus. If you're in the middle doing the work in Welsh government, your focus is the minister. If you're the minister, your focus might be the electorate. 
And I suppose potentially that comes around in some sort of circle. But from a business perspective, you can't be serving your end user and somebody else and consider yourself a digital organization. Blank blocks. Should we move on? The bad news, which is why Alan Ripman is looking so concerned, is that 90% of transformation fails. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> Why do I say that? Because of that shift from one type of business into another type of business. 90% of transformation programs around the world fail. They just don't work. Does, it, does anybody buy that? Do, do we, can you see where I'm coming from on that? Now, I'm not talking about change management, right? This is why I wanted to make the distinction. I'm not talking about bringing technology into your business. I'm not talking about change in a way that you deal with your supply chain. I'm not talking about introducing uh, data-driven uh, technology into your organization. I'm talking about changing your organization from one thing into another thing, from being where it was, maybe production-orientated or sales-orientated, and making it consumer-orientated or customer-centric. Okay? 90% of the time it fails. And if it does fail, why does it fail? You sort of with me. Anybody got any ideas? It's, it's really because it's a similar figure for startup businesses, isn't it? Yes. And it's really sort of like high yield, it's all startups, 85% of them fail. And that, I'm just wondering if it's, it's exactly the same exactly answer, actually. Um, you might guess from the, from the title. Knowledge? People. Yeah. As you say, knowledge and skills, but. Yeah, well, it, yeah which absolutely. is what people it's, possess. It's either anything, Gary, and you know, I've got thoughts on um, it's more fundamental than that, even. Um, it's people. Um, the issue being uh, what people do, why they want to do it, how they work, if that makes sense. So transformation is not about systems and processes and IT and hardware and software or even HR. From HR, transformation is very much about HR in many ways, but I mean, it's not about new uh, handbooks new contracts and all sorts of things. All those things are the paraphernalia that go along with digital transformation, right? <coughs> Digital transformation is rather, does anybody recognize this reference? Anybody old enough to get it? Step for wives? Sadly, yes. Okay, people to do the things the way you now need them to be done. And that's why it fails. Because it's extraordinarily difficult for somebody and the thing I've learned, even when they want to change, even when they're on board, to do something different. It's extremely difficult for people. And that's why lots of startups fail, because they don't do the things they need to do, they do the things they want to do. And it's almost impossible to get people to change. And digital transformation fails, because even when people are really on board with it, they work the way they've always worked. Because if people always do what they always did, they always get what they always got. And that's what we tend to do. It's very, very extraordinary difficult as a manager. Maybe if as an IT person, it's easier to get somebody to sign in differently. Maybe to get people to use mobile devices and things. I'm not sure about that. Whereas a manager, getting them to work or think differently is almost impossible. Nine times out of ten actually is impossible. And this is because we fundamentally don't understand that the role of people in the organization doesn't change even when the technology changes. So the role of the, of the human within the organization is unchanged. 
evil man and give them mobile devices and give them computers and teach them how to build websites and do all the other things that we do that are associated with digital transformation. That the role of them themselves, now I'm not talking about their tasks, I'm not talking about their goals and their, maybe their orientation, I'm talking about what do people do for our organizations, again, at a fundamental level. So people connect, for instance, in a way that machine learning, artificial intelligence, or anything else cannot do. And they connect with each other, and they connect with customers in a way that cannot be replicated through technology. If you imagine the culture of your business, it's got nothing to do with tech, it's got nothing to do with tools, it's got nothing to do with, with me, things to do with those hygiene factors actually, which are driven by the people within the organization. And it's about the deep connections they have with you and with the corporate message that you have, with the point. Why are you here? What are we trying to do? If you imagine the relationships your salespeople or your customer service people or your lecturers or anybody else have with their customer cannot be replicated through technology. That role for people within transformation, be it standard change management or full out digital transformation, is completely unchanged. And if you remove that role from your thinking about your transformation program, you could do it wrong. If you forget that the business is actually driven by the connection of people within the business, you're going to go wrong. It fails, it starts to fall apart. It's one of those reasons why transformation doesn't work. People can think critically and creatively. And machines can't. And we hear an awful lot about AI at the moment and machine learning, and I'm really into it as well, but it still only works on the basis of what you put into it. Machines still cannot make the leaps that people can make. Machines still cannot look at a problem and have an inspiration, uh, inspiration. Machines can't do that. Machines can take all the variables that have existed within that problem previously, and they can uh, uh, analyze the data and come up with ways that are statistically more likely to succeed, <coughs> to show that. But particularly in a small business, machines can't go, what should I do about this? I know, I'll paint it pink instead. Machines don't do that. And people think about where are we going to go with the business? What, what are we going to do? People think about the customers. The machines don't necessarily do that either. So again, turning your back, if you like, on the people in your organization and the way they think critically and creatively is a big mistake. And a brilliant example of this is if you're introducing change and you're trying to convince people that it's the right thing to do, which I've done many times, and then push back, which happens every single time, <laughs> not listening to people, because they can think critically. They know their job way better than you know their job, especially if like me, you're, you're a general manager. You have to listen to people. They have an insight into this stuff that you will never have. As functional specialists within their organization, they reach places that I will never know. Does that make sense? And lastly, 50 extra uh, uh, bragging points if anybody recognizes that, these guys. Oh. People possess talent. So there's four completely random musicians who came together in the early 1970s uh, to produce the greatest band in the world. Let's happen. Thank you very much. So I told you I wanted to be a rock star. Uh, you've got a keyboardist, you've got a guitarist, you've got a singer, you've got a drummer, all working around uh, West Midlands, all doing their thing. Came together and it was magic. They came together. They've all working previously, two of them were working in another band, another two were working elsewhere. They all came together and it was something particularly special and particularly different. 
a unique chemistry, a unique set of talent. And they draw music, popular music and culture for certainly 20 years, maybe. It's incredible. How, how, do you, how can you replicate that? Because a new band out called Greta Van Fleet, everybody likens them to Led Zeppelin, right? They sort of sound a bit like Led Zeppelin, but they're not Led Zeppelin. How, how, do, you, how do you replicate that talent in your organization? With machines, or with artificial intelligence, or with technology systems, or with Microsoft Office? You enable, for sure, as a, as a gentleman said, absolutely enable. Change itself has to recognize the fact that people are talented, they're critical thinkers, and um, they connect. They connect with each other and they connect with the business. So there's three ways to put people at the heart of the transformation. These are all the things I've learned on the floor, if you like. These are all the things I've learned trying to impose transformation. Because there's another thing about transformation transformation is top down. Transactional change is bottom up, and transactional change works far better than transformational change. And um, you really want to try and shift your transformational programs and become conversational and transactional programs because it's far more likely that they'll succeed. And, and this, is a, this is a way of actually doing that. Um, so this is a, a new one for you. You must check this guy out. He's called Jocko Willink. J-O-C-K-O. Jocko Willink. And that's Will uh, with I-N-K-O again. He's an ex-US Navy SEAL Lieutenant Commander. I suppose they would call it a Lieutenant Commander. Um, and he's written a book called Extreme Ownership. And the reason the book caught my eye is uh, he makes a statement early on in it that says there are no bad teams, only bad leaders, which I thought was just awesome. So I've read his stuff, devoured it ever since. Um, it's another book he's written called The Dichotomy of Leadership, which is fantastic. He does a podcast, he has a YouTube channel, he's a very typical modern influencer from that perspective. He's uh, six foot two and 240 pounds of lean muscle. <laughs> He's a jiu-jitsu expert, I've got a bit of a crush, as you can probably <laughs> One of the lessons in extreme ownership, one of the lessons in uh, the dichotomy of nature that he talks about is this idea of decentralized command. So the thing the SEAL teams taught themselves was to take control, take command themselves individually within the unit. You might find them, they might find themselves in Ramadi and fire separated. They cannot afford for the soldiers within those teams to look to the center to command. Because it's not there, it's elsewhere, it's engaged in what you get. So, thank you. I thought you wanted to ask a question. Then. <laughs> that was subtle, wasn't it? Nobody, sorry, nobody knows. <laughs> um, so, they teach guys to be able to take and make orders themselves, whether it's a lonely platoon operative or it's the commander of, uh, of the operation. <coughs> you have to trust people with more control when it comes to transformation. It's almost a dichotomy in itself. Because as we've just said, they don't want to do the things that you want them to do. But you have to trust them to, to do it. It's very, it's, it's a, a, a complex dynamic. The famous open door policy. The one thing you have to do is reassure people constantly about transformation. It's the most unsettling thing you can possibly imagine. Um, <clears throat> I once went onto an editorial floor with a load of journalists to congratulate them uh, on a brilliant piece of work in, in the previous day's newspaper. Um, it was actually a Swansea City win in, uh, in European Cup football. Um, and I asked everybody to gather around and I just wanted to say congratulations as a managing director. That's my role as I see it, you know. Kiss baby, shake hands, that sort of thing. Asked them all to gather around. I've never seen such a terrified bunch of people in my life. And I thought, oh my God, these people, they, they must never get out. They must never see the light of day. Um, 
did my thing, congratulations, walked away, stunned. They just looked absolutely, uh, I've never had such a bad, not even this was worse than that. <laughs> um, walked away, went to the deaf edge. Walked away, went to the deaf edge, and I said, what's going on? And I said, they thought you were going to make more redundant. The only time they ever see the managing director is when there's redundancies coming. I was absolutely blown away. So if you are controlling that transformation project, if you're leading that transformation project, you absolutely have to reassure everybody at every step of the way. And do you know what? You may not know the answer to that question, and that's all right too, as long as you tell them that you don't know the answer. And as long as they trust you, then they'll take that journey with you, and they'll, you, you, we can find out together what the answer to that specific problem is. And the other thing, and this is probably the biggest thing, is you have to know the mission and share it. So this is not my, my uh, boyfriend job, um, this is much more standardized stuff. You have to build a picture, a picture for people as, about where you're going. This is the whole point of the transformation. Start the transformation with the why. You know, why are we having to do this thing, whatever this thing is. Start with the why and then keep telling people why they're there, why we're asking them to do really difficult things, why we're asking them to shift from this to that, why we're asking them to keep sharing that mission constantly. You need to be the head cheerleader for that change, wherever that change is, whether it's small <coughs> change or, or big transformation. So, my contention, people, not technology, are the key to digital transformation. And I don't think we're, we're just like that. Um, if you are interested in finding out more about me and what I think, and um, asking questions about anything you've heard today, you can find me on Novo Consultancy, which is the sales consultancy website, or mrtonydowling.co.uk, which is my brand new um, uh, coaching website on Facebook, Mr. Tony Darling on Twitter, at Mr. Tony Darling, and we see a and Instagram, guess what? Thank you very much. Are we going to take questions or are we just going to. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, usually the format we take now is uh, helping have a discussion around the room. So just consider what resonated from what Tony just said. And then maybe did you take any inspiration from it? Something that you could take away and maybe act upon as a result of what he just said. What's one of your three? You come round the tables and just maybe have a big job with everybody for what, 10 minutes? Are we on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for, for, for the next 10 minutes, just have a chat with the people. What resonated with you? Could you take anything away and take it back to your workplace? And then maybe can you take an action from that? And um, you do just just for the, the sake of distribution, do you want to, Joe, can you just swap seats with Jessica? It's just, like, there's, there's lots of guys from the same business here. And then you'd probably get more from it if you see what I'm saying, yeah. So about 10 minutes, just have a big discussion at the table. What resonated? What did you 